1: So we're here with uh, Henry Washington from Arkansas. Um, we're really excited about this interview because I think we like podcasting because we like asking the hard questions. So we're putting you on the spot, and hopefully, we can get some good some good nuggets out of this conversation. So first of all, um, we we always we always start off like um, wh- how long have you been an entrepreneur? Like wh- what did you do in the pre- 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 in the past to kind of inspire
2: people? Yeah, man. Uh, I've been doing this. I've been an investor for four years, just about four years. Uh, my first property awesome. in late 2017. And uh, my corporate gig um, was, I was in um, IT. So um, I did data analytics and software development for Walmart um, out here in Arkansas. So I was in their IT department for some years. And then moved into the real estate department, but still doing data analytics and software development, but just for the real estate department. Um, Walmart's yeah, answer, real estate that. department? Walmart's got the largest real estate. De- if Walmart's real estate department was its own company. It would be the second largest real estate company in the world. <laughs> Dude, so what, what happens
3: in that? Like, what are the day-to-days? Are they just looking for like new build opportunities or what?
2: All that, yeah, man. So they're looking for new places to build. They're looking about. They're looking at uh, existing sites and how can they, how can they monetize those sites? You know, they don't. They don't just own stores. They own shopping centers and rent the Rent the tenant spaces, man. They're landlords too. Really? Yeah, man. Hey, it's, it's a big deal.
1: So um, I always I like answering this question up front. Um, have you always had the entrepreneurship bug, or has, has it been? Kind of something you kind of hit when you hit a certain stage in life. How would that come about?
2: Yeah, man. I, I like to tell people the seed was planted in, within me from an early age. So, my pops was, was a high school art teacher for his like day job, his career. But we know teacher salaries aren't great. And so, he always had a side hustle. He used to pot plants at home, like grow plants and then pot them and then go to the swap meet and sell them at the swap meet. I don't know if y'all know what the swap meet is, but. Yep. I don't really have them anymore but uh so he used to do that and then he had an arcade so like back when you have to leave back in the day you used to have to leave your house to go somewhere that had video games and you play them in that place <laughs> right <laughs> it's not like it is now and so he used to own an arcade and uh so he had video games and people would come play them, and then uh he had a vending machine business at one point and then he owned a barbecue restaurant for about ten years while I was growing up so he always had a side gig, but he never like he never talked to me about like entrepreneurship or having my own business. He always told me you know go to go to school, get your education, you know go get the corporate gig work the nine to five and then retire you know that was that was always what itself. So. I, we never talked about it. I just saw him do it, and so like I just like to tell people that planted the seed in me, even though I didn't ever intend on being one myself. And then when it was time for me to do it, I just knew I could because I'd seen him do it all those years. It's already in the blood. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, that's awesome.
1: That's awesome. Um, what? 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 I, what I really. Uh, so you're out of Arkansas. Tell us a little bit about yeah. um, what you've been doing. What, what, you, what are you doing in real estate? How many units you own? What type of what you go for Single families, apartments houses land
2: yeah i go for uh, so I'm, a, I'm in northwest arkansas and i've got about 70 70 units somewhere between 68 and 70 it's fluctuating um and yeah so i mainly if i had to pick a you know pick a niche if you're gonna pin me down i'll tell you i'm a buy and hold investor uh but but at its core man I, i'm just a deal finder i just yeah. i learned early on that people struggle to find good deals and people always want to buy good deals. So if I could solve that problem by being able to find good deals, I'd always have a way to make money. And so I just find good deals and I keep the ones I love and I sell the rest, man. And so you ask what I like to buy. My portfolio mainly consists of, my largest building is a 12 unit. I've got a 12 unit, an eight unit, a five unit, a four unit, a three unit, and a bunch of duplexes. So, Dude, and then strong, some, man. and then some, and then some singles, right. And I, I got several singles as well. And so, um, yeah, man, for me, uh, I like small multis. Um, I wouldn't, I'm not opposed to buying a big multi, but, uh, I really like the small multi game. Um, and so, yeah, I just get, I just find deals, man. And so like, do I buy land? Or do I I buy it all. If this is a good deal and I can evaluate that deal, I'm buying it. I'll figure out a way to make money on it. So I just bought three acres what about last about three weeks ago i just bought three acres it's got a it's got an old trailer on it that somebody's living in and i bought it for 15 grand and i know i can sell it for 65 or 70 so i bought it and i'm gonna tear the trailer down and sell the in it was just a good deal i don't i don't typically do land investing but i knew it was a good deal so i bought it dude so bought- 70 doors man that's crazy so me I'm, I'm a marketer i have a marketing
3: background so i only got into real estate because i understand how to find deals so Mm uh i have to ask you man like what's your primary method of finding deals you know 70 properties is a lot dude what'd you do to accumulate those you
2: you being a marketer and uh how old are you 40. oh we're the same age okay maybe not i was gonna say you being a marketer uh i'm I'm direct mail man that's what i mostly find my deals i don't do nothing fancy like i've got a website that I do some Google AdWords on from time to time. I'm not running any Google AdWords campaigns right now, though. And I just I just can consistently and relentlessly send mail. Do you
3: know, I really love the mail model. Um, the only mailing campaign I've ever done,
2: I have a commercial roofing
3: company while I've, uh, I'm not practicing anymore. I've done like two repairs this year, right, a full-time mm-hmm. uh, real estate now. But the only mailing campaign I ever did, I don't do anything small. So my first pull for data for real estate was half a million records. That's the first time I pulled data. <laughs> and I RVM'd all of it, dude. So the very first time I did a mailing campaign, I ordered uh, 20,000 uh, door hangers. And uh, I got zero deals off that, man. Zero. <laughs> door hangers, man. <laughs> Who'd you have to go hang them? Um, it was a company, man. It was a service. So they printed them and everything. And so I was like, man, for sure, I'm gonna get mega rich right now. It was every bit of like, man, it's probably $12,000 or something. And I got zero deals. So I never got into mailing when I got into real estate. I just, I didn't hit that. You know, I hit my stride in other areas, but uh, I'm fascinated by mailers. I think mailers are going to stand the test of time. Uh, I think like when it's all said and done and the regulations come down on calling and RVMs and texting and everybody gets hit hard. I think mailers is going to be the game, man. So that's dope that you said that you're doing good in that.
2: That's crazy, man. Congratulations. That's exactly what I tell people. I'm like, I'm, you can call me real estate old school, but it's all going to come right back to mail. Fundamentals, bro. These, re- these regulations are going to hurt people. Um, and if you don't have the fundamentals, man, then it's, it's going to take you a while to develop that muscle. Because mail, like when I heard you talk about what you did, I'm like, yeah, you didn't get a deal. Because you, you, only, you only touch people one time. It takes more than that yeah right? yeah over and, and over and the, again and the, the the beauty of the marketing strategies you talked about which was the rvm ringless voicemail and the text messaging is it's easy to touch somebody multiple times yep. and so you can get it you can get to that deal quicker because you can get to your touches quicker right, right. with mail it takes time you got to have somebody got to print the mail and put the stamp on it put it in the mail it takes a few days to get there and then have They might throw it away the first time right so it takes time to get touches with mail but that's why when he asked me what i do i said i relentlessly and consistently mail i don't worry about if it's bringing me a deal i know it's going to bring me deals so i don't let the number of deals i'm getting stop me from the amount of mail that i send because i know you just have it's a money machine right you put money in your marketing machine on the front side and then you get deals and those deals produce results and those results are, are, ca- are cash flow or or sales from a flip or something, right? So I'm not worried about turning that off. I'm trying to figure out how can I spend more? How can I send more mail? <laughs> I love
3: that, man. I love that in marketing. Like, how can I still stick more money into this thing? And then you obviously see the results you have, yeah. it's working out amazing for you, man. So are you always going to stick with that or are you, are you ever going to branch out or are you just going to just stick to what's working?
2: No, nah, man, I mean... Uh, I've been, I think I've had this conversation like three times in the past few days in, Old in different in different forms about different things, but it's all the same message. So we had this conversation yesterday on a podcast I was on, but we were talking about, um, we were talking about rehabbing houses. Um, and then I was talking to my students about this the other day and we were talking about um, marketing, but it's all the same, right? So your, your question was, am I going to do this? or am I gonna change and do something else at some point? And what I tell people is you, you take what the market gives you, right? And so the market responds to mail. It's always responded to mail. It has never not responded to mail. People will tell you they send mail and it doesn't work. And that's usually because they didn't do some part of it correctly, right? That doesn't mean it doesn't work. It means you didn't do it right. Either you didn't spend enough to send enough mail or you didn't consistently mail and hit people enough times to get a deal, right? Or you sent mail that somebody that didn't appeal to somebody and they keep tossing it, right? There's there's some part of that equation that you didn't do correctly. And that's why it doesn't work. But the concept of sending mail to get deals has worked for decades. It hasn't stopped. It's not gonna stop, right? And so I will take what the market gives me. So the market responds to mail. That's great. The market uh, is responding to, like we talked about, flips. The market, the market right now doesn't meet. Doesn't it? It's so hot that I don't have to rehab a property like HGTV style in order for somebody to pay top dollar for it. So I don't do that. The market's allowing me to spend less on rehabs and put more in my pocket for less work. And so that's what I take. If it were five years ago, there's no way I could just buy a house, clean out the stuff and then sell it for, for top market value and I have to sell it well, for under market value, right? But you take what the market gives you. And so these people doing ringless voicemail and text messaging, that's awesome. It works. And when it doesn't, you got to do something else. So for me, I'm going to do, do mail until the market tells me I can't do it anymore. And then I'll and then I'll shift. So we, we do a lot of PPC and we tried cold calling and texting and
1: it's just like we, we got the best results with PPC so that's what we stick to. So mm-hmm. We just, just do PPC. and like PPC I own a, a data skip tracing company and we don't even use it for that. It's <laughs> yeah. just like we do PPC. I'm like, it is what it is. No hard feelings. <laughs> so um, 70 units in four years, that is not a that is not a a light a light thing a nice easy thing to do can't even find the word but it's not an easy thing to do what has been the easy what is what is what is the thing that accelerated you to get so many units so fast
2: um so aside from the marketing that we just talked about because you can't you can't scale unless you have deals to buy um is leveraging uh small bank financing and so, right, the two things that hold people up from, from buying rental properties and then scaling their rental property business or any type of, you know, real estate business is uh, finding the deals, paying for the deals, right? If you had an unlimited way to get to find deals and you had an unlimited source of money, what would you do? trying to buy every dang thing you can you get your hands on, right? Like, <laughs> and so that's, that's kind of how I scaled, man. And so uh, the two things that helped me scale the most were when I first got started, I had a partner that we 50 50 on. And so at that time I was using small bank loans, but I was having to bring 15 uh, to 20% down payments. And so um, when you're 50-50, if I have to bring a $20,000 down payment, and, you know, that only becomes 10 when you're partnering. And so I could, my money went further um, partnering on some of those deals. So I own about 25 doors that are, are 50-50. Um, and then the other thing that I did was I, as I bought those deals with that partner, I was, I was um, creating relationships with these banks, these small local banks, and starting to understand how they did business and what types of loan products they had. And really started building relationships and then started to use these banks as tools in my tool belt um, in order to get deals done and use them really kind of it, it, like playing them against each other is the wrong term. But that's essentially what I did. Um, it, it's it's. I wish there was a, a better term to describe it. But each bank, the terms can be a little different because they're small and they're local, which means they have a local board of uh, investors who kind of give the thumbs up or thumbs down on whether they're going to lend to somebody for a real estate deal or a new business venture or whatever it may be. And so because they're small and local and flexible with their terms because they keep their loans in-house. Big banks, when you go apply for a loan, the first thing they do after you close on that loan is they sell it, Yep, right? They sell it to Fannie or Freddie and they're uh, that's how they make the money. The small banks, they don't sell them, they keep them. They're making money on the interest. That's what they want. So they need small local investors or business people to take out those loans, right? That's how they stay in business. That's how they make their money. And so as I started to learn that, I started to find different banks to work with. And as I started to find different banks to work with, they saw that I was doing good deals. I was making money. I always keep track of the deals that I do. I have like a portfolio that shows here's all the deals I've done. Here's what I paid for them. Here's what I renovated them for. Here's what I've dispositioned them for, right? And so when I when I do a deal, I have uh, the, the 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 way I knew I was onto something is the bank called me one day and they said, "Hey, I heard you bought uh, this eight unit building," and I was like, "Yeah," and they were like, "Why didn't you bring that to us?" And I was like, "Well, you I mean, I, the other bank said they would give me ten percent down, right? Because that's uh, that's just what my mind was. It was less money down," and they were like, "Well, we could probably do that for you," and I was like, "Well, if you can match, what's the what's the point? All right, I'm already there." And they were like, well, what do we got to do? So you bring the deal to us. And then I was like, oh, light bulb! like they, they need this. So I said, you find me a way to buy, to buy deals without having to use my money and I'll bring you every deal I got. And so now I have a bank that loans to me 100% finance. And so I can scale quickly because I don't have financing in the way of buying deals. That's powerful.
1: That is a huge hack, huge hack. That's awesome. Um, man, that, that is
2: that's interesting. It, and, and everybody can do it. Like people hear me talk about this and they think, well, it's just this one-off thing that he, that he found, got lucky and found. It's relationships. Yeah. Right. These small local banks, they're all in similar positions. Right. So you got to go build the relationships. And you can't be afraid to tell people what you want. Right. Yeah. When they said, how do we get your business? I said, I don't want to spend any money. You make it so I don't have to use my money and we'll work it out right and so she went and she worked out a scenario that would work out for everybody and not, so i get it anybody can do that man. so let me ask us did you have to come up with like financial statements
1: and all that stuff show your net worth and all that stuff for to make that to build that relationship So you show it something, <laughs> or was it enough to show your portfolio of what you bought and sold in the past was that enough
2: yeah so anytime you start a new banking relationship you're gonna have to give your financial statements and your uh, and your they want to see your bank statements like so it's it's typically one time on the front side so every time I do a deal I don't have to I don't have to show that it's just anytime I start a new banking relationship so I have about three banks that I work with right now and so I don't need to give that to them every time I do a deal but if I were to go want to work with a new bank they're gonna want those things gotcha so I, I think I think a lot of
1: people misunderstand that because like some people they're afraid to even produce those documents just because they don't they they might not even understand
2: what that means right yeah <laughs> so. It, it, and that's exactly like I. That's exactly why I built. The, I have a course about you know how to finance deals with little bit no money with small banks, and that's one hundred percent why I built that course because I had those same fears, right? And then like, um, uh, Anthony's got a camera, so I can't tell. But I'm a minority, right? You look like you might be a minority. Right? We're all minorities here. He's you look. You look passable. You look passable. No, but, but like you could. But we don't. I always have an education from somebody in our family who teaches us like how to walk into a bank right and speak to people who you're trying to borrow money from yep. like i was i was terrified of that right i was like because I, I never asked somebody for that kind of money before um i didn't always have great credit and so like i had to learn how to do that and then i had to learn like i had to unlearn that they were doing me a favor and yep. relearn that i was keeping them in business they don't eat without me right? And so I stopped walking into banks and talking to lenders as if, please, sir, I have a deal. Would you be so kind as to give me a few dollars so that I can... No, they need that. I call banks and I say, hey, this is Henry. Uh, uh, I'm a real estate investor in Northwest Arkansas here. I've got 70 rental doors. I'm buying about five or six deals a month. And I've got this deal, 123 Main Street under contract. I want to see if you can provide a, con- a commercial construction loan. I'm looking for four and a half to four, four four and a half to 4% interest on a 20-year amortization. I want to bring 15% or less down to the table. Is that something you can do for me, right? Like I speak with what I want and with confidence because they are providing the service. Now yeah. the ball's in your court. You go tell me if you can provide that service or not. If you can't, that's fine. I'll go somewhere else. But they're so used to people coming to them with hat in hand that's not how it works for me.
1: That's
3: awesome. Dude,
2: uh, I, I, that's dope, you know,
3: leveraging the bank. So I'll tell you, that's exactly where I am in my career right now. So everything that we've done so far has been like self-funded uh, through seller finance, creative, sub two. You know, that's been our focus for the last three years. Yep. And then this this last deal, we took down a 1.1 million ranch. you know, some upwards of like 700 in profit. And uh, that was like a private money. But now I'm thinking like, if we are going to scale this thing, like we plan to we are going to have to talk to some banks so i have gone and i talked to a couple local banks just to kind of see what's up and i'm finding that uh, land is a little less appealing to banks man so just even even if you haven't played in that space too much what would you do if you were me like how would you try to uh source a local bank that's willing to play that game
2: uh the land game yeah You you have it under contract already
3: uh, no, no, we we have several that we're negotiating right now, but yeah, I'm just yeah. trying to figure out, like, yeah, how could we approach a bank with that? Like if that's kind of like sometimes
2: out of their wheelhouse. Uh, so they'll do land deals. Most most banks will do land deals. Uh, their their concern is uh is that um that you're buying a good deal, right? And so that it doesn't matter land or real estate, but with real estate they're a whole lot more, with a physical asset on the property, they're a whole lot more confident in the deal because there's more buyers for that. So these, like I said, the small local banks, um, they they wanna know you're buying a good deal. So if I buy a house worth 200,000 and I'm paying 75 for it, right? They know, they're like, well, if he forecloses, if he don't wanna pay his loan, we'll take the house back at 75 and we know we can sell it for you know 150 we'll make way more money off that than we will if he actually just pays the interest we want him to pay. And so um, uh, the, 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 the thing I would advise you to do is to get it under contract first and take them, take them an actual deal instead of, a, instead of taking them a scenario or taking them a, a what if or a, a could be um, because they want to know that. Um, but, and it shows confidence. If you've got the deal under contract, you're saying, look, I'm doing this right somebody's going to finance this do you want to do it here's why i bought it because it's a good deal i bought it for this this is what we think it's valued at this is what we plan to do with it or disposition it. this is how long we think it's going to take right show them your whole plan and when you walk in that's what you say and i try to go face to face man if you call over the phone it's it's different it's a different conversation if you go face to face i go to the banks like i'll call down there to figure out who the commercial lender is that i need to talk to then I go in the bank and I talk to them and I sit down face-to-face because the conversation and the dynamic is different.
1: That was a a nugget right there.
2: Yeah, that's dope, man. Okay, I get that. uh, Show up with a
3: contract. Um, And then also, like, what if just randomly, right? So you don't know San Antonio. You don't know this market. We're covering the whole state of Texas. Obviously, we're looking to expand to about, like, 10 more states now. But what do you do to find local banks? Like, how do you identify them? Like, if you go to San Antonio on Google and you just type
2: in, like, banks, it's going to give you all the big guys. Like, how do you, out, how do you source the little guys? It gives you everything, right? So it'll give you the big and the little guys. And so I literally, that's what I do. I just Google banks in that area and I start filtering out all the big guys. I mean, you'll, you'll know the small banks. It's the, like, first bank of whatever city that is or, you know, <laughs> you know third bank of whatever little county that is. or Right, yeah. Like, those are the ones you want to, or the credit unions right? The city banks and the chases and all that stuff, get them out of here. But you'll know the small banks when you see them. And they typically only have like a few branches. And then you can go to their websites and you can see like how much they typically uh, uh like having deposits or how much they typically lend if the, you know, that those are, you know, the big banks are in the, are in the, are in the bees, right? In the the, the billions and billions, right? So you're looking for smaller numbers there. Okay. Yeah, that's a good, Good differentiation, man. Okay. And then one thing I was kind
3: of confused about or I'm not too sure of is like the difference between a loan, right? They're going to give you a loan. They're still going to give you like a 30 year M, uh, but you're going to just what, uh, I know you said you hold stuff, but it sounds like you flip a little bit. So do you got to let them know that you're planning to do a flip? Like it's going to be a short-term loan, even though they're going to give you long-term financing?
2: Yeah. So no, it's not going to be a 30 year M. So when you call these banks, you want to talk to the commercial lenders, right? Even though you're doing a residential deal, um, it's the commercial lender you want. You don't want the residential lender, the normal residential lender, the guy doing 30 year fixed rate mortgages for first time home buyers. That's not the guy you need to talk to. Mm-hmm. You need to talk to the commercial business lending branch or a uh, lending person. And you typically want to talk to the the VP in that area, if you can. Um, so the, the commercial loans, I'll kind of talk a little bit about the structure first, right? And so these loans are typically 20-year amortized loans. And they're typically about a point or two points higher than your traditional loan. So if the if the traditional loans are at like 3% right now, I'm not sure, yeah. these, these loans are going to be at like four, four and a half, right? Uh, four and a half percent. They're going to be 20-year amortized. They're going to be on a three to five-year adjustable rate. Not a balloon adjustable rate. So that means after three or five years, your rate's going to adjust to what the new market rate is at that time, um, or to to be in line with what the new market rate is at that time. Um, But there's typically a cap on how much you can move. So it's like if the interest rates jump crazy, you know, there's a cap on how much your your interest rate will move on that loan. Um, So, and then what the banks will loan on these commercial products is typically they will loan Eighty to eighty-five percent of the purchase price, and they will also loan you one hundred percent of the renovation costs that you need. So, for ease of numbers' sake, if you're buying a house um, for, if you're buying a house for hundred thousand dollars, right, and you need uh, twenty thousand dollars to remodel that house, they will lend typically eighty to eighty-five thousand because that's 80 to 85% of the purchase price. And then they'll give you all 20,000 to do the renovation. As long as that total loan amount falls underneath 85% loan to value, then, they then they'll typically do that. And so, those, that's, that, so what they call those commercial construction loans, some banks call them fix and flip loans, some banks call them uh, just commercial loans, um and some banks call them just construction loans they all have a little different name for them but essentially they do the same thing wow man that
3: that is money okay yeah that is dope man And we've imagined that a long mm-hmm. time ago to like to leverage unlimited capital from some source right uh yeah. i'm just yeah just trying to figure out what that might look like if they know we're, we're not going to hold it for a long time like we just need like yeah they know that like, right a, yeah These loans are
2: for investors to buy properties as either rentals or flips, right? So mm-hmm. they know that that's what you're doing. And so when I, like I literally before this call, I just sent a contract for a house I put under contract yesterday to my bank. And right, and so what I say in the email when I do that is I say, hey, I'm buying one, two, three main street. This In this case, I was buying it for $82,000. So i am buying one, two, three main street for $82,000. I plan to spend up to $30, $35,000 of renovation. And then I give them a quick rundown of what that is, you no know, paint floors, blah, 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 right? And then I say, uh, then we'll sell the house for 180000 right? So that's what I told her. So she knew in that email, I'm buying it. I'm going to fix it up. I'm going to sell it because they are going to want to know whether you're going to rent it or sell it. Um, and then she'll come back to me with the terms. I'll typically run an in-house evaluation, which means instead of sending an appraiser out to the house to do an appraisal, they'll just have a guy in the bank kind of run comps to determine what the appraised value of the house is. And if the appraised value of the house comes back, uh higher than what I'm buying it for and what I need to renovate it then they're like yeah it's a go. Wow. Boom.
1: So are you you're only in the Arkansas market so you can leverage the local banks for that reason, right? So if you were to venture yeah. outside market, you'd probably find a local bank in the area and do the same thing. That's right.
2: That's right. The first thing I would do is find a local bank. The first thing I would do is ask my banking contacts here if they have friends in the banking world, in the market, I'm going to go look to because relationships are the best way to get this business done. Right? So you do
1: local business with
2: local banks. That's right.
1: That's huge. That's... I like that. I like that. I, I, th- I think a lot of people they overcomplicate that stuff, and like for it's just you don't you don't know. You know, nobody, nobody, nobody teaches that, and nobody understands yeah. that process. Local local business. No, that's yeah, man. cool, man.
2: And that's just one of the things that they can do, man. You can go to your local banks. They're so flexible, man. Like what they care about is good deals. So they're really asset-based lenders. Now they are going to look at your credit. You can't get these loans with terrible credit, but their biggest concern is the deal, not necessarily you. You have to meet their lending criteria, but the deal is the most important. And so, um, so one one thing you can do with these small local banks is if you don't want to use your money, you can also talk about uh, you know, uh, using uh, what, what they call, what the banks call cross-collateralization, right? And so you can, if you own an asset already that's got equity in it, right? Everybody knows you can take out a HELOC or like a line of credit on a house and everybody knows you can refinance a house and pull equity out. But what a lot of people don't know is you can go to small banks and when you, buy a new property instead of using money for your down payment you can say hey can you leverage can i collateralize this equity as my down payment and they call that cross collateralization so they can just basically say okay well you own this asset that has fifty thousand dollars worth of equity in it you need fifteen thousand dollars for the down payment for this property we'll will y- let you l- use that asset as collateral for the down payment, and so they basically use the equity in one property as your down payment to buy another. That is crazy, right there. The snowball effect takes, <laughs> yeah, hey, man, leverage. Damn. So, what does that look like? Do they put a lien against the property, or how, how do they mm. set that up on paper? Yeah, they'll typically put a lien against the property, a second mortgage against it, right for that for that amount. Then um, you go do what you got to do: um, buy yeah. the new property, flip it, sell it, refinance it, whatever. Pull the money back out. Paid off. Do
1: they do they take risks in doing like second and thirds on other properties, or they only like being in a second position?
2: Uh, it depends on the bank, man. Uh, I, I think typically second is is as far as they want to go, but um, yeah. because after that, then you're really I mean, there's probably not much equity anyway, right? So, um, but yeah, man, they just they, especially if they did the loan on the property that you have the equity in, it gets a whole lot easier. They're probably not even taking seconds out at that point
1: ah uh, they're just
2: like let's just do the paperwork yeah <laughs> right <laughs> how can we get this done right because we we're gonna take the house we're gonna take all your houses because we got the loans and all of them. So, before we close we're gonna take
1: well, them all. Well, let, let me ask you this what's the because usually with us we're doing trying to speed a transaction so if we're going to close in seven days we need to close in seven days what's the speed that they operate in once you have that relationship in place
2: yeah man so i tell people man you got different banks as different tools in your tool yeah. belt, right and so um, banks can close fast too, right? The thing that holds banks up is typically the appraisal process. Everything else can be fairly quick, right? The thing that they need to get a deal done is they need loan committee approval. And most banks have loan committee meetings once a week. Some have them twice a week, but it's typically once a week. It's like on a Wednesday or a Thursday, traditionally. And then, um, and then the appraisal process, those two things Uh, take the most time. And those two things are the things that they need to know to get the deal done, right? And so if you have a title company who's willing to move quick and a bank who does in-house appraisals. So when you're calling these banks and you're vetting them to find out if this is a bank you want to use, you want to ask them, do you do in-house appraisals or third-party appraisals? Third-party appraisals means they call, you know, Joe Bob's appraisal, you know, Joe Bob's 70 years old. He's been doing appraisals in, 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 in that city for, for, you know, 50 years. And he's all backed up right now because interest rates are low and everybody's doing refinances on their traditional home. And so Joe Bob can't get out there to go do that appraisal for three weeks. Right. And and don't bother him because he's not, he, I, don't, I can't, I can't do it. Right. Might die tomorrow, um, but he'll be right, there. Tomorrow. Right. Right. But if they do in-house appraisals, that just means they got a guy in the bank who runs comps and and gives his best guess as to what the after repair value based on the, um, the repairs that you told him you're going to do are. Now, the downside to that is typically your, your uh, in-house appraisals are going to come back lower than your third-party appraisals because they're not as in-depth. But if you're buying good deals, that doesn't matter because you're, 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 you should be well under that amount. Yeah. And if you they do, do the in-house gym. appraisals, you take something that takes three weeks with Jim Bob and it takes an hour with the guy in the bank and so i just sent this i just sent that deal to my bank this evening tomorrow morning she'll text me and say hey this is what we think the value of the property is that's how quick dude, and crazy, then I, bro. Can, I can and then my title company i already told them when i sent the contract i want to close this one as quick as possible so if i need to close next week, close next week dude that's right there that was the biggest takeaway from this whole entire
3: conversation for me that is stupid and i hope people were listening to that we need to like chop and screw this and bring it back a little bit real quick that's crazy <laughs> so that's where i've been getting my ass you need kicked, one dude, of his, the, the, you need the you need the bomb drop button
1: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> dude
3: <laughs> daniel can you get us a button uh, man <laughs> seriously dude because that's where i've been getting my ass kicked is that the appraisals are taking like five to six weeks right now yeah. right so i got people that are ready to close we got cash in the bank we how soon can we close i'm like oh two months from now and so it makes me look stupid sometimes you lose your buyers yeah. That kind of stuff. So, man. Okay, cool. So two things. I'm going to start calling local banks from a Google search, and then I'm going to make sure that they have in-house appraisals and I'm going to start sending people their way, man. Okay. Dope, dude. That crazy. That, that's crazy. That's going to set me off in a whole new, with a whole new momentum. Man. So I appreciate that. I just need
2: 10% of each one of those deals you close next month and then we will right. be straight. Well, Send me your wiring instructions. <laughs> so <laughs> so what,
1: what we've been trying to do is um, we've been trying to bring in our lender a lender that does in the States we're operating in. That mm-hmm. way, if th- you can sell your property at full price, as long as they qualify for lending. Oh, that's dope. So we've been, we, we're trying to go that angle too, because like once once you once you open up the lending possibilities, you can, you can sell it at whatever area you want, as long as it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it makes yeah. sense for them to take on that loan and then to write that loan, you can essentially write your own check at that point and you can recommend the lender. What's cool is uh one of our, one of our software users, he's, uh, uh, I guess he has a big fund that they're actually, they're actually buying uh table funding closes for land deals. They'll table fund and buy your, buy your note at closing. Um, no seasoning required. Wow. So I'm like, so now a lot of our people, they're going to like Texas, like, oh, that once they under, like, we're trying to like, we're like, this is huge. If you understand this and this is why it's huge, it's huge because now you can instead of selling it to investors or selling it at, at discount prices. Now you can sell, sell it under to finance it. with a down payment and just table fund the deal. And the the, the end note buyer is going to buy it at closing and fund the whole thing.
2: Right. So I'm like, every so, time you, I, so you get paid immediately at full price offers because you've got owner occupied buyers buying them.
1: Yep. And this is what we're doing with with info lots. So like, because um, we do we do a lot of land. So like once once like we have to like explain how huge that is because a lot of people they don't understand notes and they don't understand uh funding yeah. and financing so they have to like we have to go through the whole process this is what funding and financing is this is what table funding means and this is what you can do selling owner finance that you can get paid and like the light bulb went on and like what i'm doing deals in texas <laughs> now like people are starting to <laughs> texas just for that reason because yeah. now you can possibly make more money get a bigger spread keep the down payment that you're selling owner finance and table fund the whole deal no matter what contract price you have it at because that means you can buy it higher too yeah because if you're table funding you don't have to bring it less money to the table
2: that is that's that's the huge point i think that people uh that people probably miss is that you've got you know you can make um you can make tiered offers right Yep. And so that it gives you another tool in your tool belt for your sellers. It's one less reason for them to go somewhere else. Because yep. you can say, look, I can pay cash at this price, right? I can use bank financing at this price. I can pay, we can do owner financing at this price, right? Or you know, you can do your table fin strategy at this price. And so no matter where your person lands, like obviously you try to get it at the cheapest price first, right? But if yep. they're not having it you can now go up because you have a different disposition strategy to go with that.
1: Yep. Yep. And uh, I think I mean I'm so I'm so excited to like even like let our users experience that and learn and uh, use that because not now you're opening a whole new new strategy to sell at a higher price. And like we tell people we, we've owner finance a lot of properties and like when you yeah. owner finance you could oversell it all day long because now you're selling yeah. the, 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 the price. So if the ARV is 100, you could sell that bitch for 110 Take your 10000 $10, dollars spread up front, down payment, and sell it for a full year reprice at the note.
2: Yeah, man, that's nuts, man. Yeah, man, <laughs> there's all kinds of it's crazy. I mean, I got I got people doing novation type deals too, man. There's there's craziness out here, man. Where people are being, getting creative on their on their disposition strategies.
1: And I, I, I like I like this conversation because I think it's uh, I, I it, it it, and this is why like. I knew I knew what direction we wanted to go with you because Anthony's trying to do the same thing right now. Cause I, I burned my credit. I burned I personally burned my credit with my last business. So I'm trying to fix my credit right now. Yeah. Like, we, need, we need more funding. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> we're, we're gonna be hanging out and put him up, put him <laughs> on the spot
2: and ask him the, the hard questions because we're trying to do this right now. Uh, I, yeah. This man, is brilliant, man. I'm sitting here, I'm chuckling at uh, Anthony's question because I'm like this is smart this is this is exactly why you should have a podcast dude if you can uh, you can you can educate other people but at the same time you're getting answers to all your most difficult questions dude i i uh, i think I, the reason why we had this
1: conversation is because uh, andre hatchet and the todd capital mastermind and like yeah. we t- t- charles is really big on like podcast podcasts, podcast podcasts, podcasts. and then once i learned the value of podcasting i really enjoy it because like you can ask the hard questions. You can you can bring high-level people onto your podcast and ask them all the hard questions you want to know the answers to. And no,
2: it's sorry, your opportunity
1: man. to, to put, put them on the spot.
2: It's a cheat code, man.
1: It is the it is cheat code. Um, towards the end of the call, we usually ask, what is a quote that resonates with you, whether it's yours or
2: somebody else's? Yeah, man. Uh, uh, imperfect action beats perfect inaction every single time and i think uh i think with new investors man they get so hung up on the how everybody wants to know every single detail of how they're gonna get from like point a to when i cash my check that's just not how it works bro like <laughs> There is a lot of moving pieces and you don't always get to map all those out and know exactly what's going to happen from point A to point Z. Like it just doesn't work like that. The people who are successful in this industry are the ones who were willing to get started when all they had the answer to was the first couple of questions, right? And they figured out the rest as they went. Now, did that mean it worked out well every single time? Hell no. But they didn't let them stop. Right, it's about winning way more than you lose. And uh, you know, I get new students that come into my program, and I get people sending me DMs, and they got a million freaking questions about financing and rehabs, and and how to pick your contractor, and and I'm just like, hey, all that's cool, but do you have a deal yet? And they're like, well, no, nah, I'm trying to get ready so I can get a deal. And I'm like, yeah. All those things don't matter unless you have a deal. So you should just figure that part out. Like step one and two is how are you going to find deals and then go find the deal. After that, it's a whole lot easier to get answered to those questions. You think a contractor wants to talk to you about renovating a property you don't own yet? Yeah. Like, um, oh, let me walk this prop and give me an estimate that you don't have a contract. Right? You think a title company wants to talk to you about what they can do for you when you ain't got no deal in the contract? No, nah, they don't. They might. They might do it, but they don't want to. No like, deal, can, you, can,
1: you, can you do a title search? Make, I'm right.
2: making an offer. Right. <laughs> I don't own anything yet, but I'm gonna. Right. And you may be right. You may have all the confidence in the world. You are going to own something, but people don't give a crap, man. Like, go will get the deal. That's where you should start. Learn what good deals look like in your market. Go find good deals. One, two. After that, You'll be so motivated to figure the rest out. If you got a deal on the hook that you know you're gonna make 50, 60, 70,000 dollars off of, it. you don't think you'll go figure out who's gonna be a contractor? You don't think you'll go figure out yeah. who's gonna be a title? You'll figure that crap out so fast. So yeah, I love that well, you said that, man. Yep.
3: Go ahead, Anthony. I, was, I love that you said that because me having a marketing background, when somebody comes to me for some kind of like mentorship, like I don't have a course, uh, I did record a course and I just never released it because I'm like, the behavior that I wanna incentivize. If you ask me for help, it's go get a damn deal and we'll 50-50 it. I'll help you negotiate it. I'll help you fund it. I'll go walk it. I'll jump the barbed
2: wire fence. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Shoes, if- <laughs> like, go get a deal. Like, if you want me to help you, you bring me a deal. I'll I'll give you all my resources. Call this person, call this person, call this person. If it's not in my market, I know somebody in that market, I'm gonna call them and they're gonna tell me who to call. We'll get it done. That's it. I <laughs>
3: always have that conversation with uh, with Coach Simmons. Uh, which hopefully we're going to bring on board as a marketing director for Hivemind. But uh, yeah, he's like, these people need to like, you need to bring them on board, need to teach them the game. And I'm like, man, I've never done that in almost a whole year of Hivemind. It's like, if you can't go get a seller on the phone and, and then bring me in to negotiate, I don't know what you're doing with your life. And I mean like, oh damn, I don't, <laughs> I don't have much else I could teach you. Right. <laughs> Step one is go get a damn deal. Go get at, least deal. Go, at least go get yourself in the middle of a conversation about one and then I'll jump in and save you, you know, like right. damn, right.
1: that's dope, man. I love the mindset. So let's, let's kind of go into this. So tell us about your, your, your coaching program. How many students do you have? Is it local or is it
2: nationally? Yeah. 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 How can people yeah. find you? How can,
3: how can they subscribe and all that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, so my program is national. I do have a lot of local students and um, uh, we've got about, like, I've probably got about 50 people in my community and about uh, 10 to 15 of those are like, actual coaching students. So they're like in my weekly coaching program. Um, but yeah, man. So my, my program is called Rentals to Retirement. And the whole the whole goal is we help you get your first and next rental property within 90 days. Um, we employ heavy, heavy marketing tactics to get the leads coming in. And And when people join my program, I think they're kind of thrown off at the beginning because all we focus on is finding deals. I teach you how to get good at finding deals. We, we don't talk a whole lot about anything that comes after getting the deal. I mean, we, we'll go over some of that stuff, but the main focus is let's get the leads coming in because you, it's a funnel, right? You need to get all the leads you can coming in on top of your funnel. And then you analyze those leads and then you go see those leads and then you make the offers and then you get deals coming out the bottom, right? That's it. That's all we focus on. And we help you open up that funnel to get the leads coming in so that you're constantly looking at deals. Because there's a, there's a, it's like empowering. Once you start getting leads and you're constantly looking at deals and making offers, that, that crap is empowering because you know that check is coming soon, right? And so um, that's what we kind of help people focus on. And uh, yeah, man, if you want to apply for my program, we store time program, there's a link in my Instagram bio. My Instagram is at the Henry Washington um and i think the web link for it is uh uh uh, ClickFunnels, uh or henrywashingtonclickfunnelscom washington.clickfunnels.com slash reynolds to retirement if you want to just go straight to the to the link to apply
1: so me and i have to talk about it a lot because our company is actually lead generation so we tell people like if you get if you put enough marketing out there and you get enough leads you will literally trip over a deal you're gonna, yes. trip, you're gonna you're gonna trip over one one's gonna fall right in your lap and you're like i got one i caught it yeah. i caught it like, little, right. little kid catching his first fish like, I yeah. I tell caught her about, tell me about
3: elizabeth tell, tell no. me about elizabeth three weeks in
1: oh elizabeth so elizabeth found anthony on youtube so anthony has been on youtube for a little bit by no means we have the followers you do but we just we we, we, we pride about as much content as possible so Elizabeth's local to San Antonio, but she found him on YouTube. Just text some random dude on the internet. Hey, I want to learn real estate. So Anthony took her driving for dollars and t- taught her how to do virtual driving for dollars. She ended up yeah. finding a hundred acre deal using Google maps from home. Uh, and she's like, I called them and they want to sell. Here's the deal. And they hand the phone to Anthony. Anthony calls them. Yeah, let's do this, this, and this. Um, <laughs> Anthony negotiated the whole deal. We, uh, we at, we got partial owner financing with a with a down payment. So the purchase price is a million seventy and uh, with two hundred thousand dollars down. And then Anthony got a 90-day 90 day because it's land, so we get it for 90 days or more. So we got a 90-day yeah. contract on it. And then Anthony's like, Hey, we got 30 days left, and we only sold like one lot because we subdivided it on paper. Like we only sold one lot. What do we do? Like we got a fund, we gotta fundraise two hundred grand. We've never fundraised money at all. Yeah. And uh, we literally put it in the community, like, "Hey, we need 200k. Uh, if you're interested in putting up 200k for this deal, let me let us know." So somebody's like, so "People," one person said, "Call me." So we called that first person, and like, "Yeah, we got you." So for our first call, we rose 200k, and then those like 10 of the comments underneath, like, "Hey, we got money, we got money, we got money." And I'm <laughs> like, man, this, this, this is this is dangerous.
2: Yeah, man. Yeah, this man. You're gonna close on it and then and then sell it on the market. Yeah, we actually closed on it
1: in August. Uh, we've sub, subdivided and sold on paper. I think uh, it was like a 10, 10 lots, and we sold like seven already. And uh, we have people putting contracts on it. So hopefully, it should be all properties should be, should be under contract by the end of the end of the year. And then of course the time to close because we're now introducing them to finance buyer to uh, land financiers that will actually help fund the deal for us. So it takes a little longer for them to get financing but hopefully we'll finish it by January and we're looking to make 700 K and we're paying
2: our user hundred K on our first deal. Jeez, man. Jeez, man. There's she, money she, out here on this internet, man. You just got to do the work. And D'Angelo so,
3: Westfield right now, he's, he's working on a hundred thousand dollar deal. So that's kind of like our claim to fame is we want to teach people how to make hundred K on a single on transaction. That's amazing, man.
1: So the, the thing about Elizabeth, she just quit her job. She just quit her job. Now she's done a couple, other deals while we're working on this one so this was a bigger one and she yeah. just quit her job uh, last week
2: that's amazing because she
1: worked at a call center so <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> man there's there's so many good things happening and uh i love i love i love changing the power of people changing people's lives is it's unfathomable what what you, what comes with that and make making Absolutely. a difference
2: Yes, sir. so like Absolutely. Me, me
1: and anthony we're really big on minorities like we want to help minorities because like you even you even said it earlier is like we, we weren't taught about financial statements we weren't taught about the importance of credit right. we weren't taught about a lot of this stuff that banks want so yeah i meant to squeeze we're that in we are intimidated we're intimidated by not even misinformation is not in, no information lack we're intimidated of, right, by yeah. not knowing lack of it exactly so um, that's one thing that me and Anthony really want to do is like we want to help my minor- we want to help more business owners, especially minority business owners, accelerate their business and have six figure months We already had uh, I think four users have minorities own property too, so it's just that's it's, dope, it's yes. kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting, man. It's it's very it's very great, crazy what's going on and what's happening, and it's just like it all comes down to like. Educating and empowering our people.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent, man. That I, I tell people after I did my first deal, and I saw how crazy powerful it was because I didn't have no money. Yep, I only had a thousand dollars. I had to get super creative, so we used the, my wife's four hundred one k to find the rest of the down payment. And I bought that house, and then uh the bank let me take out a line of credit on the equity that I just on the equity of the house that I just bought, and they were like, "Well, here, we'll give you thirty grand to go buy your next one." And dude, not 90 days before that, I was having a panic attack because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to have enough money to take care of my family. 90 days later, I buy a house without using any any of my money. And then the bank's like, well, here's 30 grand, bro. Like, do you understand how insane that is? Like, I don't know how I'm going to have money. And then the bank's like, well, here's 30 grand. (laughs) I was like, that's when I knew. I was like, I got to share this information with people because nobody told me about it. I had to go figure all this stuff out. And it's super powerful like more people need to know so that's the whole point of, that's why my instagram is what it is because i just wanted to give information away for free that is dope man you freaking yeah.
3: you you enlightened me to something i've never heard of today and then I, I want to say something on a podcast that i've never said before talking about like brown people not having you know that that background or that financial right. literacy since we were kids my dad great guy amazing guy one of my best friends of course we had our hardships growing up right when a kid thinks he's smarter and cooler than his dad but uh, my dad has my dad has never filed taxes before in his life what (laughs) dude so yeah so talk about starting from the bottom bro so like everything like just having conversations with people like you putting yourself in the right circles you know it's just like man you got to learn one way or another and if you're afraid to put yourself into those circles and have those conversations then it's hard to grow so i just wanted to share that that was amazing, man. Change it, change your family trees out here, man. Dude, now the stuff my kids are learning, man. My, I was with my son at the beach, and I never, I never pushed real estate on him. I've never had a conversation about money, like nothing. They hear me talking about marketing. They know I'm obsessed with it. But I'm at the beach with my son, and uh, he, we're having. he's just like having a little moment. He just asked me a question. He's like, Dad if people can make that much money on a one real estate deal, why do they make all year? Why do they work all year to make that kind of money? I'm like, I don't know, son. I don't <laughs> have an answer.
2: <laughs> <Light> <laughs> and, then,
3: <laughs> and then we're at the beach and we're just all quiet. It's dark. We have a bonfire going at the beach. And he goes, hey, dad, you want to walk down the beach and talk about real estate? I was like, son, I've been waiting for you to ask me that. Your whole <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <life."> <laughs> My 11-year-old
0: son is like, do you want to walk on the beach and talk about real estate? I
2: said, holy Damn crap. right I do, son.
3: Dude, and he had about a hundred questions. We've never had a real estate conversation ever, and he just had oh, questions back to back to back to back. I bet you back. were glowing, after dude.
0: Conversation. Elated, bro. The <laughs> like, energy was
3: flowing through my body, man. And he was like, <laughs> the, the light bulb came on. So now he has Deal Machine on his phone. He has Land Glide on his phone. Like he's sending me Love properties it. now. Yeah. Like, oh shoot, he's gonna do his first deal before he turns thirteen.
2: That's amazing, man. <laughs>
1: oh, uh, I want. to question because I don't know if anybody's ever asked you this but what is the impact what is the impact and future you could bring by the content by the content and information you're putting out now what what, what is what is your goal as far as impacting lives yeah man
2: I didn't I didn't know um I didn't know kind of what the only goal I knew I had was I need to share this with people. Um, And that's what I put out there And like measuring impact is hard to do. Um, And so I don't, I don't necessarily have a goal for, for like how I'm going to impact people. Um, I just know that no matter where this takes me, like, you know, I, I don't want to sound douchey. It's hard, it's you know, it's hard to talk about yourself in kind of this in these terms and not sound like a giant douchebag. So forgive me, but like
0: <laughs> I don't know
2: how big this'll get or how big I'll get, right? I always want to have a way to give people information very inexpensively or freely because my community, right, of people who look like me aren't always going to be in a place to spend high ticket for financial information. Now don't get me wrong. There is plenty of people who want to and are willing to spend high ticket money for mentorship and for someone to kind of help bring them along their path, but not everybody's in that position. And I don't want to price people out who aren't in that position by not having a product or a service for them. Right. And so, I'm always going to have something very low ticket. You know, I get, you know, people tell me all the time, man, your courses are too inexpensive, they're too cheap. And I get that. I get from a course creator standpoint, I understand why they say that, right? You need to value your content more. People value content if you value it. And all of that is true. But I don't have, those low ticket courses aren't out there for me to make money on. They're out there to help my community. I don't want somebody who has to go to work working with his hands and his back all week to make $2,000 a month to worry about giving me half of that for information to change his life. So I always wanna have something for, for those people. Man, I
1: love that. We resonate on the same frequency with that because for us, we're, we're like, we, we'd rather drive affordability and making sure our people have the right tools and resources to make sure they can, they can make as much money as possible. And we wanna make sure we provide as much information as possible, as freely or as cheaply as possible. That makes sense, but the the biggest, the biggest impact is not necessarily the money, it's the impact on people's
2: lives. Right, right, man. And it's, it's cool to just get DMs from people who never bought a course from me, who never joined a mentorship program, who just follow me on Instagram, And they say, hey, man, I've been following you for a year. And because of your information, I bought my first property. And, you know, things are forever different. Like, that's freaking cool, man. You can sleep at night.
3: (laughs) Yeah, man, that's super dope, man. That's a good feeling man. You're freaking crushing it, bro. I'm glad that you carved out a piece of your day to hang out with us. It means a lot. We, we really man, do value true. people's time yeah, more than anything else, dude. So, um, in closing, I got a question, man. If you if you had to give like a one sentence piece of advice to somebody who was brand new, what would that be?
2: Yeah, man, we hit on it. I, I I tell people this all the time, man. It it's it's, you know, we 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 joked about it earlier, but real estate is super flexible, right? You guys talked about land deals, you talked about table funding, right? I talked about small bank financing. I talked about cross-collateralization. We talked about rentals, flips, and wholesales. Like, there's all these ways to get a bag in real estate. And that's super cool. But when you're new, that's also super overwhelming, right? Like, because you don't know where to focus. Like, you don't know what to go learn, right? And and what I tell people is exactly what we talked about. Filter out all that noise. Because there is one common denominator that you need for any of that crap to work and you need a good deal if you're not buying a good deal your disposition strategies don't exist so just don't worry about anything literally turn everything else off figure out what does a good deal look like in the market i want to go buy deals in then figure out how you're going to go find those deals for me it was mail for you guys you know it's seo right like you figured out based on what I have to spend, what tools I have in my tool belt, whether it be, you know, technology or or just being a people person, right? You've got your finances, you've got your tools, you've got your personality. Those things, whatever, whatever deal-finding strategy fits those things the best, that's what you should focus on, right? So you don't have to go figure out how to be, do text messages and ringless voicemails and cold calls and direct mail. Just figure out which one can I afford to fund properly, which one will I know I'll stick to? A lot of people say cold calling works. I'm gonna make cold calls. But if you don't like getting cursed out and you're not gonna call a hundred people like you need to a day to get a deal, don't cold call. Don't lie to yourself. It doesn't fit your personality, right? So I pick mail because I, I don't mind getting cursed out from the few people that call and that are upset and everybody else wants me to, wants to buy their house. So I like mail and I can fund mail appropriately and I know it works. And so that's what I stick to right? So go learn, learn what a good deal looks like. And the best way to do that is get around people buying deals in that market. Go to every investor meetup, meeting, club, Facebook group, Craigslist group, meetup.com group. If an investors are gathering in your market, get your butt in the room and then just go talk to somebody. Just go ask somebody, hey man, what your last deal look like? How much did you pay for it? How much did you put into it? What'd you sell it for? Man, we love talking about how much money we made and how many deals we did. Investors will give you all that. They'll tell you everything, right? And at the, at the same time, you'll be building a relationship. People love talking about themselves. So now you've gleaned all this information about what good deals look like in that market. And you've made a friend of somebody who's being active in that market. Both of those things are valuable. Now you know what good deals look like. Now you know how you're gonna go find those deals. Go find a deal, man.
3: Everything else will come into place. Boom, 70 doors four years and go find a damn deal. I love that you said that, man. You said, just ask questions. I noticed that's one thing that I I guess I felt like I accelerated pretty quick in real estate is because I'm i i am like a little kid in a lot of ways. So when I get around somebody that has information that I want to know, I'm just like, question, 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 question until they're like worn out. <laughs> Yeah, right. and i'm not embarrassed man it doesn't make me feel stupid like I, I got a very short amount of time to extract a certain amount of information so i got like 400 questions to ask man so that's dope i appreciate you saying that and i bet you're the kind of guy that shares man the same way you shared your time with us, man so super super dope
1: love it man. yeah we do it's appreciate really your time cool. and we do appreciate your the the impact you're making to the computer the community when it comes down to it so <laughs> we appreciate everything man and uh thanks for coming on man Hey, man i
2: appreciate y'all
0: The show is sponsored by The List Guys. Do you need more leads in your local or virtual market? 1 in 10 small businesses don't invest in any kind of marketing. The List Guys have over 35 plus list types to choose from and you can mix and match any list or criteria. We also use the skip trace list and provide up to seven numbers and email addresses. Every list you purchase will be scrubbed against previous purchases. The List Guys are here to save you time. Contact the List Guys today at www.1listguys.com. That's www. the number one listguyscom